0: Before we start, I just want to let everybody know this podcast is brought to you by BuiltBar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED fifteen. You'll get fifteen percent off your first purchase. That's promo code LOCKED fifteen at builtbar.com. up everybody. Welcome into Lockdown Tigers. I'm your host Chris Castellani. It is Monday, April 19th, 2021. The Detroit Tigers are still terrible. The Tigers are a terrible, terrible baseball team. Now I like this job. I love this job. I love coming on here every every day, Monday through Friday and talking Detroit Tigers baseball. Today is not fun. Two minutes and 20 seconds for my my silly post games. I can put up with that. But, but this, this is not fun. Tigers played a miserable series in the Oco Coliseum against the A's. I, I talked about the first game on Friday. Tarek Skubal pitched, didn't pitch particularly well. They lost. They uh, then went on to be shut out over the next two games. And then yesterday's game was... An absolute doozy, a game they should have won, a game they had in grasp, I felt like for the most part, and they let it slip away, and that's very frustrating. That's very frustrating. I, I, I get angry when I see a lack of improvement from a baseball team, and I've seen this team make a lot of mental and physical errors that I've seen them make over the last four or five years, and it's it's draining. It was draining last season. Like I was done with it last year. And now it's now it's just brutal. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the three games that uh, oh that I sadly didn't have a chance to talk about over the last couple of days. Boy, oh boy, I was really looking forward to coming on here and talking about how terrible the Tigers are because I I really I don't take a whole lot of joy in that. I, I want them to win, and this was this was just ugly. So on Friday night. They played, and actually, there was there was one silver lining, and that's that of two of these three games featured pretty good starting pitching performances. You could also argue that's a negative because it didn't mean anything. Jose Urania, who I trashed on Friday's pod, and I think I said my exact quote in one of my post games was that this guy is a trash can. Somehow found it seven innings, seven hits, two runs, two walks, eight strikeouts, a career high eight strikeouts. Uh, it was not always the prettiest outing, you know. He's still missing every so often, but the command was a million times better. That's the thing. Like through his first two starts, when I was watching him, if he was missing off the plate by one or two inches, I'd say, you know what, it's correctable. You can work with that. He was missing six, eight inches off the plate, and my my whole notion, my thesis that stuff stuff is not correctable, but command is, is is true. But when you're six, seven years into your major league career, at a certain point, you just are, you know, what you what you have been. And so I didn't expect much out of Urania. Thought he pitched pretty darn well uh, against a, a good, uh, What what's this team? Oh, I was about to say Cincinnati Reds for some reason, against a good Oakland A's lineup. Uh, the offense took a vacation. Frankie Montas pitched for the Tigers. And this, oh my gosh, Frankie Montas pitched for the A's. Frankie Montas does not play play for the Tigers, nor has he ever played for the Tigers. I'm losing my mind, people. I apologize. He pitched for the A's, pitched great, six innings, two hits, zero runs, one walk, seven strikeouts. Is there such thing as surprisingly good? Because his his wipeout pitch is his you know get me over strikeout pitch is his splitter, and he was bouncing that in the early innings, and I felt like the Tigers were seeing it well. And a competent lineup probably would have been able to string a few bats together and get a few runs against them. And look, that's not to take anything away from how he pitched. You, gotta, you're, you only face the lineup that you're facing. You can't face anybody else's. So I give a lot of credit to Frankie Montas. I thought he found it. Splitter did improve uh, in the later innings. And then offensively, they did nothing all night, Tigers. They got four hits, one by Grossman, one by Willie Castro, one by Ramos, and one by Victor Reyes. In the ninth spot, they didn't threaten really all night. I mean, it was a it was a nothing burger of a game. Quite honestly, you could have turned this thing off in the sixth inning, and you you would have known where it was going to end. I never got any impression that the Tigers were making any sort of threat. Now, only three nothing, right? Like it's not a huge blowout, but it was a it was reminiscent of the kind of games we watched over the last several years, where there's just never a moment where you feel like they're in it, and there wasn't. Despite how good Urania pitched, and that's what's frustrating is if this team's identity is going to be starting pitching. Cool, great, but that also means you can't waste that starting pitching. Like my one of my biggest fears about this entire rebuild is that Mize, Manning, and Scooball all have sub three ERAs and eight and ten records because uh, the team never gets them any runs. Now we're still a ways away from that, but I mean you got a good performance on out of Jose Urania and you wasted it, so that's frustrating. On Saturday the Tigers got shut out for the second day in a row. They were shut out by the A's, seven to nothing. Casey Mize was on the mound, did not pitch particularly well, five innings. Seven hits, five runs, zero walks, four strikeouts. I'm, uh, despite my remarkable cynicism and pessimism that I'm showing in this episode so far, and will probably continue to show, I don't take like a whole lot of negatives from Mize's start. missed missed a spot several times. Command wasn't great, but I still felt like it was better than it was in the spring. I know he gave up three home runs, but it's a good lineup. You know, the, the Matt Olson pitch was like the idea of that pitch. He had him 3-2. He wanted to go with a fastball up and in, the, and he, and he missed, and Matt Olson turned on it and crushed it. Not not a good pitch. Right pitch idea. That stuff is fixable. There was one thing that I did appreciate, which is the fact that he gave him innings. And, and I know, look, I, ideally we want him to go deep in games and, and give him meaningful, good innings, but I do feel like last year he wouldn't have even been capable of getting through three. I After that second inning, he kind of bounced back, only gave up one more run after that. I felt like kind of pitched better than the final line indicated to a certain extent because in the fifth inning, you know, he got into some trouble. And, and I think he did a good job of, of what pitching out of what should have been trouble. You know, he hit Mark Canna, and he struck out uh, Ramon Lariano. Matt Olsen singled moving Canada to third. And then Matt Chapman, probably the best player in that lineup. The guy's been hot as a pistol. He killed him this week. I mean, a great player. One of my favorite players to watch, Matt Chapman. Mai's got exactly what he wanted. A perfect, spot, pristine, 4-6-3 double play. Goodrum scoops it, flips it to Castro for one. Kind of a slow turn. They don't get the double play. What's the point... Of building a rebuild around young starting pitching, if you're not gonna give them a good defense behind them, what's the point? Are they, these guys are all gonna have sub three FIPS and plus five ERAs because nobody could field a ground ball? And, and look, it was a tough play, right? Sure, I guess. But in Houston, with Altuve and Correa, they turn that double play. In, in Los Angeles, with at short, they turn that double play. In Colorado, stupid Colorado stinks. Trevor Story probably turns that double play. And again, it's, it goes back to the opinion that my friend Scott Bentley has had, which is, I don't care if Willie Castro bats 800, I want a shortstop next season. You need to get a solid middle infield. Championships are won up the middle. I, I know that's a really minor thing, but it frustrated the hell out of me, to be honest with you. Like, that's, that's such a perfect moment. Like, that's a moment where I'm watching Casey Mize. I'm like, yeah, this kid's got moxie. Got exactly what he wanted. Got into some trouble. Got out of it. Meaningless. Couldn't turn the double play ended up going to 5 nothing. ended up being 7 nothing. so, yeah, I mean, that'll do it for segment number one, I'm not going to go on about these two games much longer, it was an uninteresting game, they didn't score any runs, these are the worst games, like, yesterday's game at the very least, which I'll talk about in segment number two, gave me something to talk about, these two, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like eating fast food, you just ingest it, it goes right through you, then you crap it out, that's what these two games were, they didn't score any runs, how can I talk about a team that doesn't score any runs, <sighs> I apologize, I'm trying, I'm tr- I'm really trying to maintain more of a level head, but it is, it's very Very frustrating with this team sometimes. All right, we'll be back at segment number two to talk about yesterday's, I mean, it was a good ball game. I wish it would have ended differently, but we'll discuss it. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. Ten female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring ideal for engagement mother's day or simply a beautiful conversation piece they're the perfect way to bring light into her life they're available now through mother's day only on blue just search the words 10 by 10 Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online your online sports book experts. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues. Locked on Fantasy Baseball, it's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Season-long fantasy dynasty leagues, DFS, Locked on Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back for segment number two. So yesterday's ball game, let's jump right into it. Tigers got walked off my final score of three to two. There was a really good silver lining in this ball game. I thought uh, Matt Boyd was absolutely fantastic. Matt Boyd was tremendous. seven and a third, innings, four hits, two runs, one walk, five strikeouts. He was great. Matt Boyd has been so good. And you know what's weird and what's always been frustrating about him is that the reasons for his success are quite simple. And to this day, it baffles me why he hasn't been able to figure it out quicker. It's mixing in all of his pitches. He's less predictable as a pitcher, not just fastball slider. A lot of curves, a lot of change-ups. I think he threw more change-ups than he did sliders yesterday. And for a guy who several years ago was throwing 20%, 30% slide pieces, that makes you a nightmare when you don't know what pitch you're going to see. But even more so, he's getting ahead and counts. Strike one to every guy, strike two to every guy, one and two, oh and two. Phenomenal. I mean, that's the art of pitching, my friends, as Jim Price would say. I thought he looked great. You know, came out there for the eighth inning. I think A.J. made the right decision. He was dealing. He was well under 100 pitches, gave up a, a leadoff home run. You know, disappointing, but it happens. It, it was a pitch that just cleared the fence out in left center field. Frustrating, right? But I, I still believe in A.J.'s decision to keep him out there. He was pitching great, and given how shaky the bullpens looked, All year, I have I have no issue with that. Jose Cisnero came in and pitched his best baseball of the year so far, and he's really struggled because he has not been able to locate his slider. And really, he wasn't able to yesterday, but his fastball was so overpowering. Got two strikeouts, kind of saving Matt Boyd's outing because they had runners on second and third, or first and third with one out, and then second and third with two outs. And Cisnero got two strikeouts. Tigers tried to bounce back, and then in the bottom part of the ninth inning, you brought in Gregory Soto, who I thought looked really good. I mean, I thought was pitching well strikeout Matt Olson then doubled you get a, a strikeout of Matt Chapman you walk Sean Murphy and then Mitch Moreland reached on an error I'm surprised and I've only seen the play once I'm a bit surprised they gave Jamer an error on this play hard ground ball to short I feel like a great shortstop probably makes that play but a good shortstop, stop it's that's tough but they gave Jamer an error for that so that's an unearned run oh yeah then of course that uh that Double of Matt Olson's that I'm talking about featured Victor Reyes uh, fight shadow boxing the sun and losing a ball that should have been probably at a catch probability of about two percent lands in the outfield Olson goes to second ends up scoring uh, Victor Reyes played a miserable ball game yesterday and, and look all right let's you know it, I think it's time okay we're 16 games into the year I know that's not a huge sample size but it's 10 percent of the season and we need to accept the whole Victor Reyes experiment has just been a giant waste of everyone's time. And I'm not saying he's an awful player. He's not an awful player. But they have they have spit out this nonsense. And it is. It's been nonsense from the beginning that he's some diamond in the rough. Like, Akil, let's say Akil Badu doesn't pan out. Let's say he just completely tanks. He did not play well at all this weekend. If he doesn't pan out, I will look back at that and say, you know what? Didn't work out. Had a lot of time in the minor leagues. They gave him the opportunity at the major league level. But I get what they saw in him. This is a guy with great athleticism, great speed, pretty good instincts. Like, him not working out, that would be disappointing. But I I, I see why the organization could look at Akil Badu and say, that guy's a winner, that guy's a good good major league player, he's got a lot of potential. Victor Reyes never had that kind of ceiling. Victor Reyes has never had that kind of ceiling. He's been remarkably average throughout his tenure. I know he had, you know, some nice little moments last year and some nice little moments in 2019, that 300 batting average with terrible batted ball data made the, the Tigers believe that they found this diamond in the rough. He was never that guy. They drafted him when he was 25. And guess what he looks like now? He looks like a guy who spent five plus years in the minor leagues, which is probably what he'll be. And they're going to give him more chances because of the injury. is on the injured list right now, but I mean, if you tried, I don't know if you could come up with a weaker offensive outfield. I mean, Robbie Grossman's serviceable, right? He's still getting on base. He, he, he was probably one of the only guys this weekend who I felt like had actually good swings against A's pitching. But Reyes misplayed three balls in center field. One of them he did catch, you know, had trouble with the sun. And I had a guy on my Twitter uh, mention saying, this happens all the time in Oakland. Yeah, but three times a day? Three times in one game for a guy who's in his fourth year in the league. You know what's sad? You know what's so sad? Victor Reyes is one of the elder statesmen on this team. Like, in terms of, like, just years in the league and age, he should probably be one of the leaders in the clubhouse, and he's boofing routine fly balls to center field. Like, say what you will about Matt Boyd. He's been great this year. He was awful last year. I remember there was a lot of butthurt people who were mad about the fact that he was the first guy that A.J. Hinch called after he became manager. But you know what? Matt Boyd is a leader. Matt Boyd is a good guy. Matt Boyd has pitched a lot of good baseball, has pitched a lot of good baseball recently. That never bothered me. You're talking about a guy who's played a fair amount of games at the major league level. And if it was one game, like, Jamer made an error at third, right? That ended up costing them uh, that game yesterday. Jamer's a good defender. He was good last year. He's been good this year. I'm willing to give a guy the benefit of the doubt on one human error in a ballgame. Happens all the time. You know, guys make mistakes. It's baseball. That's life. It's totally understandable. Not going to hold it against him forever, but three misjudgings in the outfield, and four terrible plate appearances. Victor Reyes has a 458 OPS right now, and I know it's 16 games into the season, but that's a, like, that's a solid sample size. So, look, I, I don't know. I don't want to bury the guy. I don't want to say that, like, they should cut him, and they're not going to. Give him an opportunity to get it back, but they, here's the thing. They'll never tell you this because, I don't know. they, they They they're insecure, maybe I don't. But they believe Victor Reyes is going to be a piece of this outfield for the next several years. When they drafted Victor Reyes in the Rule Five draft, and especially after like eighteen and nineteen, they believed he was one of their guys. He was going to be a part of this rebuild. He's not. He won't be because he's not that good. I don't hate him. I think he's a good guy. I think he's handled himself well. Obviously, a very tough situation being drafted uh, out of as a Rule Five pick. And I give him credit for making the team in twenty eighteen and staying with the organization. But He hasn't evolved that much. Like, if you were going to take a step, you were going to do it this year, and I haven't seen it. You know, it's the same with Jacoby Jones, who I I haven't – I don't want to rip into because he's – he's had always had a higher ceiling than somebody like Reyes but we're not seeing them reach their ceilings right now we're seeing them reach their floors and and I'm just I just don't get it as far as where you go from here obviously very difficult series very difficult game yesterday yesterday was the bad one because the the first couple games they they got out pitched you know against some good pitchers you know Montas is fine and but the The game on Saturday, I'll be real with you. I I didn't know who Cole Irvin was until Saturday, and apparently the Tigers didn't either because they did nothing against him. But you know, fine. One, everyone can have one great start, whatever. Yesterday was the one. You got to win that game. You got to win that game. If if we're gonna come out of this season and view it as any sort of a success, you got to be salvaging at least one game in in road series. You can't be going on the road and losing four to to Oakland. You can't be going on the road and losing three to Cleveland. I do believe that through sixteen games. What we've seen is probably a reflection of the team we're going to get, which is a team that on occasion will probably be able to outpitch you, given some of the, you know, some of the guys that they have in their rotation with the high ceiling of, of Mize and, and Scooball and uh, Turnbull, who's going to be coming back, and, and Boyd. But this offense is just absolutely poor. Now, the, their best hitter yesterday was Harold Castro. The words best and Harold Castro don't belong in a sentence together. So I'm, I probably sound angrier than I am. It's just frustrating. I mean, that, that's all it is. We're so deep in the game at this point. It's like if somebody told you that every day for five years you had to be kicked in the nuts. Eventually, you just say, are are we ever going to stop? Are we getting anywhere? All I'm asking for is improvement. And in year five of the rebuild so far, you still can't put together a competent offense. You be, mainly because you're so focused on pitching, which is better. I mean, by default, like, is this rotation better than last year's in 2019? Sure. I mean so you know the 2013 Lansing Catholic probably had a better rotation. I'm um, if you don't believe that it's time for them to spend money, fine. I think you're wrong, but you're welcome to believe that. But you you're absolutely out of your gourd if you don't think that at this point in the rebuild it's unreasonable to expect just just a slightly competent offense. Here how about this? How about it's we're at a point in the rebuild where you should expect two guys in your lineup to be above average major league hitters. And I see one right now. Jamer if you want to throw Ramos in there sure relative to his position yes he's probably above average struck out 3 times yesterday he'll come down he'll come back down to earth he's not going to lead the league in home runs all year so what are we doing the i you cannot go backwards at this point in the rebuild and i know hinch was frustrated yesterday and i do think unlike the 19 and 18 teams i do believe i don't think this is going to lead to an 8-9 game losing streak thank god they play the pirates next but Uh, Very frustrating, very frustrating indeed. So we'll be back in a second for uh, segment number three. I'm going to close this thing out and give you some more Tigers news. Built Bars are tasty. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut-free flavors. It says so on the packaging. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. I had my very first one, Just the other day, the peanut butter brownie one, and unlike a lot of other protein bars which have a little bit of crunch to them, these, they really do melt in your mouth. And Built Bars are healthy, too. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or girl. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Look at uh, something like the peanut butter brownie, the one I just talked about. That's 20 grams of protein. 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams net carbs. You can try them today, but we have a special offer as well. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Tigers do not play a game tonight. They got a three-game series coming up against the Pirates. I'll preview those games on the next few podcast, there was a little bit of news that broke regarding what the rotation is going to look like over the next several days. Looks like Scooball is going to be coming out of the pen with Turnbull coming back. Some people are making a big deal out of it. I I, I can't. I think, for one, they're trying to monitor these guys' innings. And it wouldn't surprise me if by the end of the year, all these guys are pitching out of the pen in some capacity. But I think the biggest reason why they're doing this is because I don't think Turnbull is going to be allowed to go super deep into the game. I mean, we we know he has trouble locating anyway, so even if he, you know, he might not, he might not make it through three innings. I like Turnbull a lot. Obviously, I'm joking there, but I think they they want to do kind of a piggyback start. So my guess is Turnbull will go a few innings, and then they'll have Scooball go a few more. I have no problem with that, and I think it could be advantageous for Scooball. I I think he's got to try to find something again. It's clear watching his first several starts that. He does not appear to be a very confident pitcher right now. I think he's overthinking a little bit, and that's something that Hinch accused Mize of doing in spring training. And I'm sure that's that's a very easy thing for a young pitcher to do early in their careers because, and and it speaks to confidence. It's something that I've talked about ad nauseum. Is like once these guys realize that their stuff is a stuff. And it's it's capable of getting guys out of the major leagues. I think they're gonna they're gonna thrive. I think a lot of that is the power of belief. That's why the the Mize start against Houston was so big, in my opinion, because that was the first time where I'm like, okay, I think Mize finally realized how much power he actually has in that right arm. Scooball has yet to have. Well, he had a great start against Minnesota last year, but he didn't get the win. The bullpen blew that game. So I I can't say that that was like his huge breakout start. And really what happened in the 60-game seasons, whatever. I'm talking all Scooball needs is one great outing, whether it's out of the pen or starting in the rotation, for him to start to believe that he's got it. Because I know he's got the stuff. Uh, It has not looked as sharp since the season began. It looked sharper in spring. Command problems are what they are. I, I believe he's capable of fixing that. You guys know that, but yeah, I, I have no issue with that. And and these guys' innings are going to be monitored at some point. That's why. Look, at, as much as people may hate it, uh, Jose Urania is here to stay uh, for the time being. Maybe if. At the deadline, if he actually finds something and pitches well, they dish him. But I think he's going to be here all year because Scooby's innings and Mize's innings and Manning's innings are going to be monitored, and you're going to need a sacrificial lamb essentially to throw out there every five days. And Jose Urania is probably going to be that guy. Maybe even Falmer you can include in that. Though I still, and I know he pitched well, and everyone's championing like his last outing. I still have serious doubts about Michael Falmer as a starter at the major league level I know he got the win last time but I mean he kind of fell apart in the fifth inning and I worry about his durability and he was facing a, basically a triple a lineup because Houston had all the all the COVID problems I think if you're if you're planning right now to lock Michael Fulmer in to every fifth day in the rotation I think that's you know I'm, I'm not super confident about that so yeah that's gonna do it for today's show Guys, I, I maybe I didn't bring as much energy today. I think I did, and I try to do the best I can. It's not easy. Like that's why. Look, whether you agree with beat writers' opinions or not, beat, baseball beat writers, especially for a team that is awful have some of the most difficult jobs in the world. They have to put up with this stuff every day all year, and I respect the heck out of them for it. I just have to do a podcast. In the grand scheme of things, I'm a very, very fortunate guy. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at castellani A N I two o one four. You can follow this show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. I will be right back here tomorrow doing another show and previewing the upcoming series against the Pirates. Hopefully they get a bit of a breather going up against what is, I mean, it's got to be the worst team in baseball, unless, of course, we get swept. In that case, we're the sucker. I don't think that'll happen. I hope it doesn't happen. Be right back tomorrow with another show. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.